In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is called Bible Sunday in our tradition because the Word of God is emphasized in the Collect for the day and in the lessons. The Collect describes a process by which we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Word of God. And the idea that we consume the Scriptures comes from Ezekiel chapter 3. God told Ezekiel, Son of man, eat this scroll and go and talk to the house of Israel. And so Ezekiel opened his mouth and ate the scroll in the vision that God had said to eat, and it uh, filled the stomach and it tasted sweet as honey in his mouth. Similarly, in Revelation, St. John was told to um, take this little scroll from the hand of the angel and eat it. And John discovered, just like Ezekiel, that the scroll tasted sweet like honey, but then it turned into bitterness when John realized what he was going to have to say to the people. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest imply that the word of God will be taken into our lives in a way that will change us and transform us. This is not just the opening of the Bible once in a while we're feeling low to get a little comfort or even merely the hearing of lessons in a sermon on Sunday, on those Sundays when we happen to go to church. It implies a daily diet of consuming the Word of God. To be an Anglican is to be a Reformed Catholic Christian. We believe what the church has always believed, but we also believe that the church invariably drifts away from essential aspects of faith and practice over time and is in need of continuous reformation and renewal. And the primary means of this reformation and renewal is the word of God. As Josiah in the Old Testament discovered the word of God and discovered the the Torah in the temple and began to read it to the people and it caused a reform in his day. So in the church, when we hear the word of God, we rediscover those essential teachings of God's word. It leads to renewal and reformation. What is true of churches is also true of people. Our human nature causes each of us to drift from faith over time. And our religion becomes that of going through the motions of faith rather than living out a relationship with God in Christ through the Spirit. We end up knowing about Jesus rather than knowing Jesus. And the primary thing that brings us back to that vibrant faith is an encounter with Jesus Christ through the teachings of the Bible. The word of God comforts us, as the epistle and the collect say, but it confronts us and it challenges us before it comforts us. The conviction of repentance comes before the comfort of forgiveness. When we read the scriptures, we enter into read, reading, marking, learning, inwardly digesting the scriptures. It reveals that our thoughts, 
our feelings and our actions are disordered. And it calls us to change, to have a change of mind, a change of affection, a change of behavior. <clears throat> the fact that the scriptures call us to change is one reason people avoid reading it or want to read it only selectively. Each of us has our own personal Thomas Jefferson Bible. That's the one in which we remove all the parts that we don't want to hear. In the beginning, God created the world by his word and by his spirit. God spoke. And the spirit that was moving over the waters brought about what the word commanded, created things in accordance with the dictates of God's word. God's new creation in Christ is accomplished in this very same way. God has spoken in Christ. And we, when we hear the biblical word and respond to it with repentance and faith and obedience, the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives and to reorder our lives in accordance with the teaching of God's word. And this is the pattern of our liturgy. <clears throat> the first part of our liturgy is the liturgy of the word. We hear God's word through lessons and a sermon. And we respond to that word by offering ourselves in the offertory through the symbols of bread and wine. Part of the offertory is a confession. We acknowledge that we have not obeyed God's word in our thinking, speaking, and acting. And Jesus comes to us in the sacrament through the Spirit to forgive us and change us to make our sinful bodies clean and to wash our souls. And the result of this encounter with God in word and sacrament is that we become new people who are prepared to go back out into the world and do all the good works that God has prepared for each one of us to walk in. We prepare for and continue to experience this transformation by hearing and reflecting on the word of God each day. One hallmark of the Anglican tradition is the lectionary for daily Bible reading in the context of daily morning prayer. <clears throat> we read the Bible in an annual cycle. Our focus is not on isolated passages quoted out of context, our focus is on the narrative of God's activity in human history and how the themes of God's activity in human history apply to our individual lives and form us accordingly. For example, the Bible reveals the pattern of creation by which God brings his order and beauty out of chaos by his word and by his spirit. And this is the continual pattern of the Bible in Israel. God entering into human chaos, the chaos caused by the disorder of sin, and speaking his word and breathing his spirit over humanity and bringing them into his order and his beauty. And as we recognize this, we begin to see how God is bringing his order and beauty out of the chaos of each of our lives. 
The Bible reveals how God uses even human evil for his good. A foundational story here is the story of Joseph, who was sold by his brothers into slavery. But God used their brutal betrayal as the means by which he made Joseph the savior of Israel. This pattern is repeated on Good Friday when the brutal event of the crucifixion in which Jesus' own countrymen handed him over to their hated enemy for crucifixion. This is used by God as a means to make Jesus the savior of Israel and of the whole world. As we read this pattern, we integrate this narrative into our lives and begin to see how God uses all the evil that has happened to us to accomplish his good, to bring about his purpose. And as we experience that, the virtue of hope, which comes from seeing what God is doing and where God is going, comes to replace the despair that comes to us from the world. And this is the central theme of our epistle, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope, which is a virtue planted within us by God through his spirit. It's not an idea, it's an experience. As we experience God in our lives, we are filled with hope. <clears throat> when Christians neglect the Bible, they understand their lives through the narratives provided by the news media, the best-selling novel, the current popular celebrity, or the opinions of their non-believing friends and acquaintances. And this is why many Christians have trouble living out the faith in daily life. They do not habitually read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the scriptures, <clears throat> and consequently they're living in the wrong story, the story of the world which is dying rather than the story of Christ, the story of new creation in which all things are being made new. In our time, the Bible is available and affordable in numerous translations and at the touch of a finger on all of our mobile devices. Ironically, people actually read it and reflect upon it less frequently than they did when it was less available. There's something about something being more valuable and valued when it's less accessible to us. But of all the countless hours people spend attending to mobile devices, very little of that is spent meditating and reading the scripture. The main reason for this is that Bible study or Bible reading, a habit of this, requires discipline and commitment. And we live in a culture of convenience to which we all succumb at some points in time. We say we don't have time to read the Bible and establish these patterns of prayer in our daily lives, but what we really mean is we're not willing to make the commitment to reorder our lives according to these priorities. Bible Sunday exhorts us to make the commitment to Bible reading as a habit of life in the context of our daily habits of prayer. And habit and daily diet are the key. If we decide to start eating in a healthy way on a normal level, 
It won't do us much good if we go for a week or two and eat really well and then just digress back into our formerly uh, unhealthy diet. So it will be little benefit to us if we dive into the Bible and read large portions for a week or two and then stop. However, it will be life-changing if we adopt a discipline of Bible reading each day according to a pattern that systematically takes us through the whole of the scriptures and perhaps get ourselves involved in a Bible study where we're getting some guidance and instruction. And if we continue in that discipline for the next decade and beyond. In the gospel, Jesus said, quote, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Since his words are eternal, and most of the things we spend too much attention on and time with are not, it makes sense to reorder our schedules, our patterns, to uh, adopt habits that reflect things that are of lasting value. As Revelation 3.2 says, quote, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. Thus, as we pray on Bible Sunday, blessed Lord who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant we may in such wise hear them read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.